0: Welcome to Code Grays, an episode by episode recap of Grey's Anatomy. I'm Teresa Rosado. And I'm Megan Totsky. And join us for season two, episode 19 What Have I Done to Deserve This? So, what have I done to deserve this? A Pet Shop Boys song. I was going to say, what? Pet Shop Boys? Yeah, Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. Hmm. I. Well, I'm. Was Pet Shop Boys? Were they?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or just sh- shaking off the dust, people? Shaking off the dust.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Dealing with some life and, changes right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so life changes. Um. What What was your big thing? What are Yeah. Most, so we've been gone for a month, change? guys. Um.
1: Yeah. I was in. If you hadn't noticed the jungle with thirty six teenagers, for. A long time. Well, it was really 10 days, but it felt like quite a bit longer. It felt like a year, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really long time. I feel like it was long enough and stressful enough that I came back like like a different person a little bit, you know? <laughs> so I was uh, in the jungle with a lot of very large insects. Um, and the kids, I mean, like I actually really like teenagers, but it's, it's a long time. You're just like on hundred percent of the time. And there was a few moments where I was like, I don't really think that I'm old enough. <laughs> like who, whose idea was it to put me in charge of all these, things? you know, like I was in the Houston airport with 36 kids and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: like who trusted me with this? Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I don't know that I could be in charge of myself in the jungle. Yeah, let
1: alone teenagers. Well, that's really in the how jungle. I felt. Like sometimes was sort of like I'm so afraid of the things that are around me, and if anybody gets scared, they're coming to me, and I just want to be like, "Hey, you're on your own, man. Like this shit is scary. Like, welcome to adulthood. I can't exactly exactly where this adult yeah. cannot help you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it was great, but um, it was certainly a long. It it really has taken me. I got back like a week and a half ago, and it took me a solid like. This weekend was the first time that I felt like really great. <laughs> yeah. So it took a long time to recover, and then next week we're traveling again. So. Yeah. But, oh boy. I know. So it's it's. <laughs> I, we booked this trip. So my husband and I are going to Amsterdam and Prague next week, and we booked this trip because we were sort of like, oh, like. It was cheap, and we found cheap tickets, and, you know, it made a lot of sense, but we were also, like, we just never really travel, and, like, it'd be great to take a big trip, and now, like, since we booked that trip, two other trips have come up, and we're just non- (sighs) I'm just- not so much him, but I'm just nonstop traveling for, like, six weeks, which is great, but (laughs) it's a lot, so I'm grateful for the normalcy, but what about you? What was your big- your big news?
0: My- well, I- uh, I am recording from a brand new zip code, so- I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, you from did. From rural Montana. And I think psychologically it was the best choice I could have ever possibly made.
1: <laughs> like you didn't know how badly you needed it until you got there? Yeah, yeah, until I was here. And I was like,
0: oh my God, people my own age, yep. number one. Um, also, uh, just... You know, just different ways of thinking. Yeah, just different ways of thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of really positive, beautiful things to say about Montana, mm-hmm. but we also need a break from each other right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been living there since the election, and it has not helped with my near constant rage <laughs> to live in Montana. I will say that.
1: Yeah, and also not to mention, like, your your parents are wonderful people, and they live in probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. But, like, yes. living with your parents away from your significant other in rural Montana <laughs> during this shitstorm of an election. In your late 20s. In your late 20s. Just like, a recipe and for And going it. through, like, Rage. grad school. Like, that's just really... I feel like your brain probably turned on some intense coping strategies, you know? <laughs> like Yes. <laughs> We're all happy you're in a new zip code.
0: Yes. So it's been great. I've been settling in. I'm in the middle of the slog of finding a job uh, because I did move here without a job or a place to live.
1: So (laughs) that's what I did in D.C. And (laughs) yeah,
0: I made good choices, as always. (laughs) That's great. That's great. But uh, yeah, settling in. Happy, happy to be here for sure. Good.
1: So, yes. And we're back to the old podcast
0: yeah we're back to the old podcast we're gonna uh cope with megan's um world traveler sorry guys (laughs) situation it's gonna be great
1: (laughs) all five of our listeners are the most patient
0: (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) no kidding (laughs) it's great but uh let's go let's go ahead and get into this episode that was um itself of an extremely rage inducing episode. i feel yes so I'm excited to get into why I experienced so much rage while watching it. Okay, and you too. I'm sort. Sure. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't even remember who had the summer. I think it's to do. your turn. I think that that's right. I think that's actually. correct. Yeah. I think that that's not even
1: you bullshitting <laughs> me. I think that that is correct. I'm 68% <laughs> sure that I'm not it's, bullshitting you, and it's actually your turn. Yeah. So, it feels right. Good. Um, Okay. Okay. Let me tell you. Hold on. Let me get my thing. I always forget the thing.
0: The thing. The thing. (laughs) No. Okay. It's also, we're recording in the morning.
1: Yeah. And I feel it. I I really feel feel it.
0: it. A lot. (laughs) I woke up at nine o'clock this morning and that's really something for an unemployed
1: person. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize that it's 1138 where I am, but that's like, I don't know. We had a very fancy work party last night and I- uh, I think I drank all the beers at the place. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Well, it's
0: almost time for for it to be acceptable for you to drink right. another beer. Well, uh, let's so. just
1: cool our jets here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go.
0: Okay. So this episode picks up right after Meredith and George have had sex and it doesn't go particularly well, shocker. And George is really mad about it for reasons I can't quite parse. And Meredith feels super guilty. Um, but in addition to that, Denny returns to the hospital because he has like the heart of an 82 year old ill man. <laughs> Um, We are introduced to um, Callie Torres, which is very exciting for the future. And Addison gets poison oak right up in her vagina.
1: (laughs) Wow. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I let you go two (laughs) seconds long because I wanted you to end on the word vagina. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever alternate vocabulary you were going to (laughs) use. I think that
0: was the most ideal episode summary we've ever given so
1: (laughs) i have to agree with you (laughs) (laughs) so this is like a pretty meaty episode yeah you know it really is yeah yeah it really does i and i think that it's like pretty infuriating in a lot of ways um but i don't know i i don't hate it yeah right like it's frustrating and there's a lot of frustrating like sort of tropes and things that are happening but but overall, I, I actually sort of like the episode. Yeah. Is that weird? No,
0: I did too. I mean, I, I was so frustrated for so many portions of it, but it's a really solid episode that's introducing some really key things moving forward. It's yeah. So it kind of reminded me of where we're going, which I really liked. So I don't yeah. know if without the benefit of that, I would enjoy the episode as much.
1: But Right, 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 right. <laughs> as a long time totally viewer, agree. I was like,
0: oh, yeah, yes, yes.
1: And it's a solid sort of introduction to a lot of those things, I think. I was going to almost use the word subtle, but subtle is not the right word at all. That's (laughs) never the
0: right word for this show.
1: No. That is why we love it just so much. So who should we who should we start with? Should we start with Meredith and George Yeah,
0: Right? Like I think we sh- I think that we just should. We should rip off the bandaid yeah. and get into yeah.
1: this um pairing
0: that has caused you uh just so much discomfort Ugh, and anxiety.
1: I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But I and I've always hated it, but I, I want I want to get in so let we can cover it a little bit, but I do want you to get into sort of your critique of ultimately George like why this is so like it makes me uncomfortable to watch them because they have so little sexual chemistry <laughs> right. that it's sort of like oil and water but I, I am really interested in hearing you talk about the, the bigger picture here but the, so right off the bat in this episode George actually has the, the monologue which is I think am I wrong that this is the first time that we've had somebody do the monologue who's not with? No Meredith? according
0: to the wiki that is correct it's the first time right? and I don't really like it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well it's really interesting right I think that it's I, I actually it doesn't bother me I think that like I don't I don't think I dislike it I think that it's you know annoying because it's George and George is annoying but what I think is interesting is that this is really par for the course in present-day Grey's Anatomy or in like probably the last few years of it that it's really common that other folks do the uh do the monologue so which I I, I don't know I think it's very strange that it's George right off the bat. But I don't know, nobody's as good as Meredith at it. Yeah. Or as good as Ellen Pompeo, I should say at it. She she's just really, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's but her it thing. is it's it is in, an interesting move towards like decentering Meredith. Right, front, you know, which is important because it does become eventually it becomes so clearly an ensemble show and I think that that's a really excellent move on for the
1: show and for its actors like yeah well and I think that what's interesting about picking George for this is that it actually does get into some of the stuff that you're going to walk us through with George is that when somebody else does the monologue that gives you the lens through which you're supposed to watch the episode you know so if Yang yeah. is giving the monologue or Meredith or whoever you've sort of like adopt that lens and you're like oh I have to pay attention to George's arc or to you know whoever's arc is is giving the monologue at least that's sort of how I've how I've read it in more current episodes and the reason that I think that it's maybe frustrating to have George do it in this episode is because it forces you to look at their sexual encounter through his lens, which like is fine because he's upset about it, but like ultimately really decenters it, as you said, from Meredith, which means that we're not really acknowledging that it wasn't her fault. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, the, it, it, you know, like it's, it's, it focuses it on him when in reality, like it's not really about him. Right. right, I think that it's like reinforcing all of these things that make you so frustrated about this George, about George in this episode in general. Yeah. You know, it's like, look at George, look at George, look how sad George is. Instead of like, hey, how about the train wreck of Meredith Gray? You know, yeah. So
0: okay, so these two slept with each other at the end of the last episode, and um, we we open immediately on on the next morning. And they're being really, really awkward with each other. Izzy's like trying to figure out, you know, like what is up with you two? And like Izzy has just yeah. slept with Alex again, so she's like, Yep, whatever. <laughs> she actually has some really <laughs> great moments early on in this episode. Yeah. Um
1: she does. She's got some great one-liners.
0: <laughs> and so George George and Meredith are kind of, um, they're avoiding each other. Things are really awkward. Um, and we don't really get a sense of why. It's, 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 I appreciate the structure of this episode, that it's like um, yeah. a slow unfolding of what occurred between them the night before. And we don't get all of that information until the middle of the episode, Um or closer to the end and so until then we're just dealing with all of this tension and George being really paranoid that Meredith has told someone about uh the fact that they slept together so he's really paranoid that um Yang knows and he's like sort of badgering her about it he's paranoid that Izzy knows um and it's like you know he's just he's like bursting to tell somebody what has occurred, but is right. pretending that he is uh, indignant at the possibility that Meredith has told somebody what's occurred. It's like George, dude, like <laughs> you got to pick one, man. Like these are incompatible stances to have. <laughs> yeah, he's super frustrating. And so and so that's kind of like so that's kind of the. Um, You know, that's going to be the tone of the whole episode is that uh, Mm -hmm. our interns are kind of split along lines of something that they that no one really understands (laughs) because Meredith has not, in fact, told anyone and George hasn't either. He's just being really fucking shady about it to everybody who even so much as looks at him for long enough.
1: And everybody's like openly annoyed about yes. it, you know. Like Yang's like if you don't want to tell me like leave me alone. Yes. <laughs> you know, <Yes>. they're just <laughs> they just write him off and it's really satisfying. <laughs> Which like I said in my notes is such a is such an excellent friend strategy, yeah.
0: right? When a friend is like doing that thing where they're like kind of flitting around you and just like begging you to ask them what's going on and you just refuse to engage. It's just like such a power move. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Good job, Yang. <laughs> I love Alex in this episode, generally. <laughs> I, I think that he's like, we're really getting a fuller picture of his character here. And I just, I know we talk about all the time, sort of his his character arc long-term in this show. And I, but I still just love it so much. I have a deep respect for how they wrote his character. And <laughs> there's this great moment. So particularly when he figures this, when he figures out George and Meredith, you know, he's he's talking to Meredith and Meredith says like, or Alex says, "Oh, so what? You slept with O'Malley? Big deal." And Meredith's like, "How did you know?" Or something. You know, he's just guessing. Like yes. he's just sort of <laughs> screwing around. And he's, he's doing like, the oh, Alex shit.
0: thing where he's actually like really insightful
1: while exactly. not meaning to be at all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and you said it like he's he's putting piecing together puzzles, which I think is so great because he's such a he's such an idiot in so many ways, but he really is one of the most insightful if not the most insightful character on this show (laughs) and I I love not only that he like realizes it and you know put it puts it together but is also really cool about it he's like whatever like my statement stands so you slept with O'Malley big deal (laughs) like get over it this changes nothing (laughs) exactly exactly and I love that I love how you know he's just so cool about it Alex is totally everybody else just can't can't handle
0: yeah Alex is totally the friend that everybody needs (laughs) everyone needs an Alex in their life
1: yes (laughs) yes Yes. that's so good
0: yeah so so then of course you know um George like happens upon them because they're in they're in the uh, in like the stairwell and happens upon them and hears that Alex knows and is like you told Alex you know which is the worst (laughs) thing ever because they have like their macho beef or, you know, George thinks they do, but they don't because it's Alex. And, and then, like, the rest of the interns kind of appear out of nowhere. And he's like, yeah, he just, like, shouts at at Alex. He doesn't realize everyone else is there or he does or something. And he's just like, I can't believe you told everyone we slept together. And then everyone just freaks out simultaneously with, like, oh, my God, you slept with George? <laughs> And then he literally trips and falls down the stairs and dislocates his shoulder because he's George <laughs> O'Malley, and that's about the only thing he, the only way he could have responded.
1: It's so <laughs> would be awesome like to watch him Charlie fall Chapman down the stairs routine. Yes, like. exactly, exactly. It's just how we all feel about George in that moment and he goes down the stairs. I
0: saw TR Knight in um, a promo for a show that looks pretty bad. I think it's called like the mm. catch or something. And oh, I yeah. saw him for like the briefest moment and I had such a visceral reaction Ugh. to him. I was like, <laughs> oh <laughs> It's so terrible. Oh. He's probably such a nice man. And I was just like, Oh god.
1: <laughs> Not gonna watch that show. <laughs> Couldn't possibly so will you will you walk us through here your thought process about why why is George so terrible in this episode? Like what, what is the root of that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, everyone before we get to kind of the the conclusion of of what happened between them we have to deal with like everyone's sort of judgmental responses to Meredith sleeping Mm -hmm. with George and that includes like even Yang being like you did a bad thing you know like it's George like how could you do that to George and so my initial response to this is just what the fuck like (laughs) (laughs) did George not appear in her bedroom in the middle of the night and professed his love to her Right. And then, Mm -hmm. like, he was perfectly fine taking his pants off. He was perfectly fine, you know, having sex with Meredith without ever pausing to consider that maybe Meredith wasn't in a particularly good spot emotionally.
1: (laughs) What gives you that impression? Uh,
0: Right. Like, he's seen the parade (laughs) of men, right? He's commented (laughs) upon the parade of men that she's had over. And um, I'm not sure why George would think that this would be any more meaningful than the, like, um, emotionally destructive sex she's had with the men who came before him, <laughs> literally came before him. So, but I'm sing, and so he's you know George is kind of like moving through this episode like saying saying shit out loud like good people deserve good things as though that's oh real God. in the world like as though George I I don't understand like he's never existed in the world in 2007 or 2008 like good people deserve good things Uh, what are you talking about what does that even mean
1: (laughs) that is just it's not true at all (laughs) blatantly not true um and like the whitest malest thing i've ever heard yes
0: right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um like i deserve good things because i'm an upstanding person and it's like he's not taking any any responsibility for the fact that like he rushed into sex with Meredith um because he really like wanted and maybe even projected um like a deeper level of feeling between the two Mm -hmm. of them onto Meredith as well like he he projected his feelings onto this person it was perfectly fine following through and having sex with her and again like to me it doesn't make you a really great person if you if you didn't at all think about the other person involved in like the act of having sex so then we get to the end of the episode and it becomes even more complicated because um we see in flashback that he he has you know he's like literally still inside of her um and she's you know she's pretending to enjoy it or whatever and and she starts crying and george notices that she's crying and of course he he had just been really excited and like oh yeah like you want to go again or you know like (laughs) sure like you could george um right And she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's great. And <laughs> and uh, he's like, obviously it isn't. And just like pulls out and leaves in a huff and leaves Meredith just sobbing in there like, George, no. And it's really terrible. And again, though, I feel like, I don't know, he's mad at Meredith because the sex wasn't enjoyable for mm-hmm. one of the parties and Mm -hmm. to me again this is just an immature view of sex like okay that happens and you like you can feel really awkward with the person the next day but you can't to be mad is so juvenile and so at the end of the episode when that's like the big reveal I just you know she cried like Meredith cried during sex with Mm -hmm. George that's the big thing that she did wrong and she To me, it's like she she didn't cry because of George. She didn't cry because having sex with him was like, was such a horrible, awful thing. She cried because she's depressed and she almost died a couple weeks ago, (laughs) right? Like not that much time has passed and she's still dealing with the trauma of that and she cried because her life as a whole is pretty terrible and she she probably wants to have feelings for this really sweet guy as opposed to the guy that she actually has feelings for but she just doesn't and that's sad too and I don't know I just said like this is apparently the worst thing to happen to George so far in this show but it's not even in the top 10 for Meredith Mm -hmm. so it's difficult for me to deal with George being such an utter asshat about the whole exchange. That's my rant. Yeah.
1: No, (laughs) I I think it's, I think it's really, really insightful. Right. And I think that going back to the original monologue to be forced to look at this through his perspective and just ignore Meredith and a lot of, I I, maybe ignore is not right. And maybe I'm I'm not giving the the writers enough credit for this, but it, it really does feel like we're, they're trying to pump sympathy in for this guy that, we just don't have it you know like and and shouldn't be expected to in a lot of ways and i think that you know going when you talk a little bit too about the the, then it becomes meredith's job to sort of fix it right that like everybody's like oh meredith did this meredith did this like look what meredith did to george and it's like not at all like you were saying not recognizing his role in it and then putting it on her like on top of her other you know giant pile of shit that she has to deal with now she has to fix something that that isn't her fault you know like it's and i think you're right that it really is distilled down to like this was a you know two people having sex and it wasn't good sex right and like that's that's okay right that happens and i think that the the repercussions of it are are just so blown up and and in all the wrong ways right there would be an okay way for this to blow up to really recognize meredith's you know depression and anxiety and things like that and it just it just doesn't we're forced to deal once again with george's incredibly fragile masculine ego yes (laughs)
0: yeah i mean izzy izzy's not talking to meredith because you know Mm she wants to be there for george and yang is like you know everyone yeah yang is like you have to fix this or you know you have to fix the friend group and it's Exactly like you said, like like Meredith doesn't have enough going on in her life.
1: <laughs> right. And that's why I come back to Alex and how great he is, where he's just like Yeah, where Alex is just like, it's fine, whatever, move on. So it was bad. Big deal. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yes, thank you. Shout that from the rooftops because nobody else can possibly manage to have a mature view at sex. Yeah. You know, it's really bad when Alex Karev is like the moral <laughs> compass of sexual relationships so in the show you bad. know that's like not that's bad a sign. <laughs> that's bad
0: <laughs> yeah i yeah and I, I think just like i just keep coming back to the issue that it it's it's not about george her reaction wasn't mm-hmm. about george and mm-hmm. and i can have i can believe it or not have empathy for george because it it must be um surely near impossible to hear that and really absorb that when someone mm-hmm. is telling you um, as Meredith is like trying to articulate at the end of the episode um, so I get that and I don't think yeah. that that's something I would expect this character to like settle in with and be okay with in in the span of you know just another episode but sure, I it's still um, just so aggravating to watch him be, you know, cruel in his own way about it toward Meredith. Um, yeah. And that's so much of that is self-protection. And, and that also makes a ton, a ton of sense. But it's just a hard thing to watch because you want someone, anyone to kind of recognize um, like your friend is like in trouble right now <laughs> like mm-hmm. emotionally um yeah and and no one is really getting that
1: yeah well and I think that that's and this is actually probably a good transition into into Derek and Addison but I think that that's one of the reasons why Derek is so charming in a lot of ways and why we're really drawn into his character And and even in this episode when when he says you know they're they're trying to be friends right it's sort of the end of the episode he says well it sounds you know you need a friend I can't I can't remember how it's sort of transitions that way but he says we can be friends and it's like thank god she needs a friend because none of these humans are acting like her friend you know none of these none and we talked a little bit about this with Addison a couple weeks ago or a few episodes ago about how she like doesn't really have anybody you know and Derek sort of recognizes how sad Meredith is and that all of her friends are like Treating her, you know, he might not recognize the the full scope of it, but when he reaches out toward her to like, you know, be her friend, is <laughs> like, wow, the very best that she can get right now is the man that she's in love with, who's married <laughs> to someone else, and he's like trying to, I don't know, and, and and it's sort of sweet that that he does that, and I see that that's sort of a, the the window for for them to get his character back into her life, um, but that's really sad, you know, like that's that's really sad that that's where the bar is for her, yeah. I um I don't know and he's yeah it's a really really rough place for her and simultaneously we see so we sort of see Derek reach out toward Meredith like oh we can be friends whatever we can sit hang out with the dog blah 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 and also then see Derek have this really interesting development with Addison in this episode which I had sort of forgotten like I remember that she gets poison oak. But I have forgotten that this is the, the the resolution of the two of them in this episode, which makes it, I think, at least gave me some like really complicated feelings about Derek Addison Meredith, yes, and and how I feel about like you know the the space that we're left with with these three this sort of love triangle here, yeah. Um. So she gets she gets <laughs> poison oak. So the the overarching, I mean, the the title of the episode is "What Have I Done to Deserve This?" Right. So it's this whole karmic thing. Um, and Addison gets poison oak on her vagina because she went to walk the dog and went to the bathroom. You know, she peed outside. She squatted and peed outside and managed to get poison oak on her vagina, which sounds truly terrible. <laughs> oh my God. Just... Like, I just cannot. I can't imagine. Oh boy. <laughs> and so she thinks, like, oh, you know, I've gotten like. I deserve this. You know, I slept with Mark. I had an affair. I cheated my husband and now I have poison Oak on my vagina <laughs> and Bailey's helping, you know, she has to go into the hospital and Bailey's there. And so it's, it's this whole, this whole thing that we can get into sort of the gender dynamics here. But Bailey is helping Addison with her poison Oak vagina. <laughs> and it's awful. Like, it's so sad. Addison is so sad <laughs> and Bailey like can't help herself. She's like, I have never seen a case of poison oak this bad (laughs) you know it's like really over the top
0: and addison is like miranda
1: the gallamine (laughs) she's like in the stirrups and she looks amazing right she's like got a pencil skirt on hiked up to her waist she's wearing heels feet in the stirrups her hair looks amazing and she's got poison oak on her vagina you know it's a great it's a classic addison scene yes and i think that at the very end so bailey uh, Bailey's helping Addison, right, and she's also trying to get checked out of the hospital, discharged from the hospital, and her husband is there. It's just this whole. There's so much going on with Bailey right now, and she's trying to help Addison, and she recognizes that Addison has to tell Derek at some point, and all the men are freaking out because they don't know where Addison is and they don't know where Bailey is. Where they just can't are our figure women? Out what? Where are the women at? You know, and they're all <laughs> curious and interested in what's going on, and so Bailey sort of facilitates a conversation between Addison and Derek. Um, where Addison can tell Derek that she has poison oak. And it's actually, like, a really, really delightful scene.
0: It is. A- and
1: and Addison sort of – she's hiding behind the curtain, and she says, you can't laugh at me. I have poison oak. And then he, like, pulls the curtain back, and he sees the poison oak. And it's, like, this genuine – it's so authentic. They start – you know, he starts giggling at her, and he can't help himself, <laughs> and she starts laughing and throws a pillow at him, and he throws it back at her. And it feels – so natural. Yeah. Like, it feels just, easy. It, it's, oh my God, it's just so wonderful. I, and it's the first, in my opinion, the first truly authentic, joyful interaction that we've seen with them. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, they're typically are terrible to watch on camera together because they, <laughs> they hate each other. You know, it's, it's, it's awful. And it's so, it's just this tiny little window into this happiness that you can really imagine was real at some point. And, And it's and that Derek giggle man, oh my god, that giggle. Even Jacob, (laughs) he was watching the episode with me. He turned and looked at me, and he was like, "I just really like Derek." And I was like, "I know, I know. It's okay, honey. (laughs) It's okay. We all nobody's above that giggle. It's irresistible.
0: (laughs) It really is. The man's eyes literally twinkle. I think on command. It's. I'm just saying,
1: like, you can't not vote for that.
0: It makes it more painful for me when he tells Meredith, you know, we can be friends and and they're walking the dog or whatever, because he does just have this moment with Addison and it feels like a betrayal to Addison. And it's also, a, I, but it also function, I think, functions, I think, as a small reminder that like. That was a window into a previous joy, but it was a small window, you know, like there's so much broken between the two of those people.
1: Well, those and I people. think that it is valuable to to recognize that, to, that sort of grain of salt that you have to look at Meredith and Derek in that last scene, like, Oh, but what about Addison? Because I think that's really one of the first genuine times, at least that I felt that way, you know, in the past, when he's, when he's sort of like smelling Meredith's hair in the elevator, while still married to Addison. It's sort of like, yeah, because you don't love her, right? Like, your marriage is a sham. And, like, give, you know, like, what are you, why would you not just move on? You know, like, why are you holding on to something that's not there anymore? And I think this, this is the first time that we've really been exposed to what was there, right? Like you said, it is, a, it's a small window, but it is a window into a happiness that, is really was real at one point. And it feels like a betrayal when he's with Meredith in that moment. And it's, I think you're right that it's sort of like a, a window into the past or a step and a step toward the future with Meredith. Um, but, but, but that's a complicated feeling and it's, it's almost a relief to see it to me, at least it's like, Oh, there, there was something there. You are grieving a marriage that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all about this, this one bad thing that happened, you know, they were married for 10 years or whatever. So it's a little bit of a relief, but it's, it's, bittersweet, I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. So speaking of sort of bittersweet moments in this episode, how about when Alex uh, decides to be really sweet to Izzy and, uh, you know, then uh, Denny, good old Denny, rolls back into the hospital (laughs) in cardiac
1: arrest. Man, literally rolls back in. Yeah, rolls back in on a stretcher. (laughs) I think that Alex, it's, it's, you know that Denny's going to come back in this episode from the first moment that Alex is being sweet on her. You know, like he's being genuinely sweet and not dick Alex. Yes. (laughs) You know, like he's, he's just sort of doing, he's being sweet to her and he's asking her out in like sort of a genuine way and he gets his cupcake for her. He's just like, he has a crush on her, you know, and he's like treating her like he, Actually, really likes her and has feelings for her. Yeah, and from that moment, you know it's only a matter of time before Denny comes into the hospital. Because, of course, this can't—it's Grey's Anatomy. This can't be real. <laughs> and so Alex like gives her this cupcake, and they're sort of having a moment when Denny comes in. And it's sad because Alex is actually being sweet for once, but also but like also... <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> Like I don't blame it all, you know. And Izzy's just drops Alex like a bad habit. Oh my god, she's like bye. Like she leaves him with this like sad cupcake. She could not
0: forget about him fast enough.
1: Oh my (laughs) god, that's rough. That's pretty rough. Really rough. But it's also like I don't blame her at all. Yeah, (laughs) right. Like I, you know, Denny's charming in all of the obvious ways that Izzy wants. You know, like I I recognize Denny's shortcomings, but. (laughs) he's very much playing into what is he's looking for in a in a partner in a boyfriend and Alex and she's just blows him off like she's just like nope never mind like the guy who treats me better than you is here and I don't really blame her in that moment you know despite reservations about denny you know you can't really blame her for blowing alex off his track (laughs) record is pretty pretty miserable
0: and well yeah and and you have a person who right off the bat was interested in izzy and was not Mm -hmm. um hesitant in sort of pursuing that interest um appropriate or not and then you have alex who's like (laughs) stutter stopping (laughs) through his hypothetical feelings for izzy (laughs)
1: Yeah, I have a lot of compassion uh, for Alex. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, but yeah, Denny. I think that we see. It's not you know he doesn't have a too large of a role in this particular episode, but he we see a window into the things that I think that you really hate about Denny, which is totally <laughs> valid and his. I mean, he really does – there's a ton of really frustrating gender stuff in this episode yeah, for me.
0: Yeah, you pointed uh, out a bunch of them. I was like, oh, yeah, damn.
1: <laughs> I was just, like, keeping track of them in my head, and there was enough of them. And, and not that Grey's Anatomy is any sort of, like, beacon for feminism, um, especially in the early early stages but or the early seasons. But I think that I get frustrated. I think that there's more in this episode than there have been – I don't know. It's just a culmination of a lot of different things that were really frustrating to me. And Denny is absolutely one of these things, right? He's he's says to the chief, they've got to shock Denny's heart when he's still awake, which is obviously sounds really, really terrible and painful. <laughs> yes. And he turns to Burke after they've shocked him several. Alex <laughs> takes probably too much joy in shocking Denny while he's awake. And Denny's crying out, of course. Really has and a good he, time with those paddles. <laughs> yeah, he really does. And Denny looks at Burke and says, like... Doc, I had to kick your ass making me yell like a baby in front of the girl. I'm trying to impress, man. And he says it to Burke after Alex has shocked him while Izzy is standing right there. And he thinks he's being so damn cute. And it's so deeply insulting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just can't, you know. And that's just one of the, like, 19 different bullshit things that happened in this episode. Yes. But that's really hard when, like... I don't know. Denny's coming back, and you recognize it like he's going to be around now and he's going to be a recurring character. And it's like, all right, I hope he gets better because that's a real jerk thing to say.
0: <laughs> oh, God. And Izzy is so, I mean, she's just swooning, you know, she's just taken. She is just taken, <laughs> she's just taken she's like, by Ooh, him. Yeah. <laughs> These gender norms get me hot. <laughs> God, I know. It's like Izzy, Isabelle, come on,
1: be better, be, be better, better.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's awful. yeah. That's, that's that's a rough one, but um, it is definitely sort of our cue that uh Denny is is gonna be. A- in and out of our lives, um, yes, going yes. forward. And Alex is not happy about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're. We're left. Uh, we're left with Izzy and Denny having. You know, uh, Izzy blows Alex off. They're supposed to go out, and she blows him off to like bring Denny dinner in his in his sick bed. And we're left with sort of this: what's going to happen? You yeah, know, like Alex is brooding. Denny's happy but sick. Izzy's being Izzy. You know, like yes. it's just sort of like a, okay. We're gonna have to. It's exciting that we're gonna remainder. have a
0: that we're gonna have a, an additional love triangle, though.
1: Yeah, you know it's yeah. better than yes. one
0: love triangle. Multiple love triangles. Multiple so.
1: love triangles. I'm glad Shonda exactly. knew Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with them.
0: So the other character that we are uh, introduced to, um, who's gonna be um, hanging around, presumably, is Callie Torres.
1: Yes.
0: It's Cali yes. time. Yes.
1: <laughs> it is Cali time. And if our Go ahead. I was going to say if our listeners
0: um are actually watching Grey's Anatomy like as they listen to our show, which if you're doing that, could you tell us because that's amazing yeah. and we want to know uh, everything it's... that you're experiencing as you watch Grey's for the yes. first time. But they yes. would probably they're probably listening to this being like, "Ah, she was pretty weird." And Yeah. <laughs> Um, Not sure why
1: you're excited about this. Right. (laughs) To which I say, like, we hear you. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We do. Just hold on. Yeah. Just stick around for... I'm going to be honest about like a season and a half.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's an inauspicious beginning to this character. I, was, I said like, yeah. is she the most poorly conceived
1: character that we've
0: yet seen on Grey's Anatomy so far? Uh,
1: she, I really think she might be, <laughs> <laughs> you know? which is saying something when we have George. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. and it's saying something when you have Sarah Ramirez playing her, and it's like yes. Ooh, oh, yes. this is still rough, so... Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she... She's so beautiful, though. Oh, <laughs> Like, not, not to distill her down to her looks, but with this rough beginning to her character, I'm just reminded of just how beautiful she yeah. really is. She stunning. has, like, a perfect face. It's stunning, yes. Yes. Um, anyway, so she comes really hard on to George right off the gate, leaving exactly zero mystery... <laughs> As to like what's gonna happen. next. Gosh, you're I like, wonder where this oh, is okay, gonna go. George and George and Callie are gonna be together. They're gonna hook up. Okay, got it. <laughs> and and not because of chemistry. You pointed oh, out, right? No, like not, not because you're like, oh look, you know, it's not like they're the next Meredith and Derek. Like there's zero of that. They're just there's like zero. You're just it's just written so obviously. Which is a little bit frustrating to me, but whatever.
0: <laughs> They're about <laughs> sort <of> as like... <laughs> comfortable comfortable appearing on screen as Addison and Derek. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <It's> exactly, brutal. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. And I think just kind of speaks to my point that George has chemistry with no one. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I think that's really true. That so part, but uh... <laughs> it's not a reflection of Callie so yeah. much as. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so she's or an orthopedic surgeon, and um, George is sent to her because he dislocates uh, his shoulder falling down the stairs, <laughs> and, um, and so Callie resets his shoulder. You know, and and she's making conversation with him while she does that, but her conversation is very much like.
1: You got into a fight. I fell, I fell down some stairs. Where your girlfriend? What? No, I'm single.
0: just very much like are you taken and george isn't catching on to any of it because it's george and one he's dumb and two he's really wrapped in his like embarrassment and ego um but callie does like everything short of like asking him to have sex with her right there in the operating room (laughs) yep
1: really so, uncomfortable yes. well, it's just unnatural like she's clearly it's just and it's not that she's acting badly you know like it's no. not a poorly acted scene or anything like that it's just too. it's just very uh, the. it's just it's, just bad. it's bad, <laughs> bad writing yeah, it's bad, really writing. bad writing you know she's like doing the best with what she's got <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so so it's a very brief introduction to Callie Torres mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna see we're gonna see where that goes uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we didn't talk about any patience aside from Jenny, but it was a really like intern heavy episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's do the bits. What was your song of the week?
0: Oh, I have to look. Let's see. What did I pick for song of the week? Oh, I picked um, Brandi Carlisle's Throw It All Away. Fall through. I all the goes, all I is
1: which is, is a really a great, great song. song that was my second second choice yeah my first is a song called be gentle with me by the boy least likely to which i just love the shit out of the song i don't know why i just love it it's like very it's one of those like Twee sad songs, you know, <laughs> where it's like very poppy and upbeat, but kind of has a sad message, which is a, a you know, cross-section of music that I really appreciate. <laughs> anyway, I really like it. <laughs> so just be with me. I'm not I didn't count any deaths in this
0: episode. No, I didn't think anyone died. Yeah, no one died. Right? Everyone lived. Well, it it was such a patient light. Yeah. Episode. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. No one yeah. had anything. There was literally, I think, two patients seriously wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like one kid had a concussion. That yeah. was literally one of our patients. The kid yeah. had a concussion, and gay dads. Yeah.
1: So was, you know, <laughs> which was way more interesting than a concussion.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those episodes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: um. What about uh, Karev of the week?
1: yeah uh it's george (laughs) yeah gotta be george i think this like that could be the alternate title of this episode is george is the crib of the week because it's like yeah from the from the monologue down to his like whiny moving out of the house in the last in the last scene is like you're just you're just so stupid and dumb and self-centered and your scope is so limited that and he's just a krev to everyone you know like he's just awful yeah yeah he's terrible hate him yeah yeah (laughs) um so you i assume you also had george as your crev of the week yes yes i did
0: no (laughs) argument
1: whatsoever there (laughs) um chief resident i had i had bailey as the chief resident um and, and i sort of did because she does a great job with addison and she like down to i mean from Poison oak vagina down to Addison's marriage. <laughs> you know, like she really she really does an excellent job doctoring in this episode. I do think um I had kind of an issue with the expectation of working mothers that Mm. she sort of portrays in this episode that she Mm -hmm. they're really painting Bailey as as women can do it all she's like holding her infant she's taking care of her husband who's been in a car accident she's working she's taking care of Addison's vagina she's taking care of Addison's marriage (laughs) she has to manage the chief she has to manage Addison's husband like she's really doing and she's doing it all well like presumably nursing and and carrying her baby on her chest and I have like a really hard time with that i mean i know that like 2007 was a little bit before there was this advent of we can't expect women to do it all even though we continue to do that and so i think that i i I get it and i think that they're trying to say like wow bailey can do it all like there's nothing that bailey can't do um but i just that's like my grain of salt with choosing miranda bailey as my chief resident yeah yeah i will get off this soapbox
0: No, I think it's an excellent soapbox and one that I, I didn't even find myself particularly attuned to until I was reading your notes. And then I was thinking through all of these incidents and, and in, in very much agreement with your points about it. Um, I also had Bailey <laughs> because, mm. as you noted multiple times in your reading of our notes, uh, we're the same person. <laughs> so we have, we have finally merged. After 10 years, it's yes. happened. Uh, we have right. merged into one being. <laughs> so, yeah, I I had Bailey um because of her treatment of Addison's poison oak and the fact that she is apparently providing better marriage counseling than um Addison and Derek's actual marriage counselor and she's providing it for free. So, Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> thanks a lot, Bailey. <laughs>
1: women can really have it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, they can. if they only surround themselves with other women, they can in fact have it all.
1: Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a 007. Was anybody like a really shit doctor? Yeah, no. I mean, I don't have a
0: 007 either, which again, I think has to do with the fact that medicine took a backseat this episode to yeah. human drama. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm you always... could maybe
0: make a case for Alex for um, really enjoying electroshocking a patient. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, but, like, I'm always—anytime uh, there's a Denny-Izzy scene, I'm always inclined to <laughs> lean toward Izzy because she makes bad decisions when she's around him and around patients in general. And so I'm, yeah. like, trying not to let that cloud. But even when she first—when he first came in, she's, like, spouting off all these different things that they could possibly do to Denny to save him. And Burke's like, hey, cool your jets. Like, <laughs> One step at a time, you know, and she's – I think that's just a tiny window into her inability to make sound medical choices when she's around this person. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't think that that's worthy that's a of a 007 point. this week. But it is <laughs> but sort of coming. a window <laughs> of things to come. <laughs> exactly. A preview of things to come. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, line of the week. What did you have for line of the week?
0: I had um, – I'll just insert the audio here – um, but I really appreciated a line Izzy has at the very beginning of the episode when she's talking about how she definitely boned Karev again.
1: What? So I slept with him again. So I'm a big whore, a big horny whore who can't get enough. Can we get over the shock silence already?
0: <laughs> and she's just I mean, really you need the video to go with the audio because she's just yeah. like What? <laughs> so <Someone> I <laughs> slept with Alex again. <laughs> Which is so And her funny. hair is oh, all like God. must and you know, she's, like, freshly fucked and beautiful. and it's just, I know.
1: It's great. It's a
0: great moment it for is Izzy wonderful. and for Katherine Heigl's, like, career. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. But, again, like, super frustrating that everybody's like, oh, whatever. Alex and Izzy slept together. That's inappropriate, but so what? And then the world explodes yeah. when Mary and George sleep together. You know, it's like, fuck you guys. Because you know?
0: George is, like, this fragile, perfect, like, no.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, my line of the week was actually from one of the patients. Um, so we only had two patients. We had the little boy with concussion and then we had, um, this woman or or her, rather this man who uh, he's has a, essentially a, a mass on his heart. Um, and they're older in life and they're engaged to be married and she's having a really hard time, you know, they're planning the wedding and he has to have this very dangerous surgery and she walks out on him. Um, and I love her character. She, I think she's like very dry and very funny. And I just really, her name is Amy. And I really, I think she's like a good actress, but I just really like her character. You know, they're, they're doing a, a, a scan of his heart and they say that there's a mass and she's like, Hey, listen, we're kind of older, we're getting engaged, so before you give us bad news, we are just kind of like silver lining people. <laughs> you know, she's just, she's like yeah. a little draw. I don't know, I just really like her. And she, when she walks out, and you you sort of always believe that she's going to come back, and she never, she never does. She just fucking leaves this guy when as he's going into open heart surgery. And she has this great monologue to... Um, I can't even remember who it is, but they say, you know, you're leaving and she says, and she's got this great, great monologue about not being strong enough. Where
0: are you going? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not strong enough for this. I know it's hard, but your fiance is going into surgery. You're going to want to be here when he wakes up. No, I won't. Um,
1: he's not my fiance anymore. You're leaving him? I'm not strong enough for this. So the in sickness and in health part of your vows, you're just planning to leave those out? Please try to understand. I don't like that I'm not strong enough. I just know that I'm not. George, he's crashing. What? You know, you can insert the audio here, but she has, uh, the, my favorite part about it is she says, I don't like that I'm not strong enough. You know, like that's, I wish that I were strong enough and, and she's older, right? We see that she's, you know, she's maybe in her 40s, late 40s getting married. And she's, you get the sense that like, she really does know herself and she really does know that she's not strong enough to handle it. And she's really candid about it. And she just walks out and she's like, there's just some things in life that you're not strong enough for. And I think that it's so, I just love it. I think it's like beautifully written and beautifully delivered, but I think that that's a really hard message. You know, to say, to really recognize that you're not strong enough for something and then to act on that in such a big way is so painful. It's so painful. And I think it's I I think it's really beautifully written.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I really appreciated your perspective on the wife um, because I felt like it was so much more like thoughtful and nuanced than mine, which was just like, whew, yeah that bitch just left <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like nothing to say and then like Megan had like this beautiful meditation on like
1: how hard it is to walk away I mean, I think that, like, but I really well, appreciate that like <laughs> well I think that like not being strong enough right like she's almost like Meredith in 20 years yeah you know or 10 years or something like that where it's like Meredith's not strong enough for the shit that she's being dealt right now and she's trying so hard and then there's this woman who just says like Sometimes you're not strong enough for a thing and that's okay. You know, and like, I don't want to walk out on the love of my life, but I'm not strong enough to stay. And you can just see, like, I, I wish I could remember if it's actually Meredith that she's talking to, but I just imagine Meredith being like, oh, you can just not do certain things. <laughs> you know? Like That's an option. Yeah. You can just recognize that you're not, it's, I, I just think it's a really strong message to send to, to, you know, the, the current state of characters in the show.
0: Yeah. So no amy's my girl
1: she's (laughs) i get her (laughs) she's your hero that's she is someone should tell jacob (laughs) in like a sad way but she's really brave (laughs) i hope he stays very healthy (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) um i want to talk so i i agree that i didn't have an obvious medical fact of the week there was not Right? Like nothing really, literally a concussion was one of the most (laughs) interesting medical things that happened.
0: Right. Um, I wondered if you wanted to have the karma
1: conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's have the karma conversation. (laughs) Let's talk about karma. So Teresa and I both had this, um, I mean, the whole episode is, is surrounded talking about, you know, deserving good things in the world, karma, whatnot. So the question, of course, that we had for each other was, do you believe in karma? right? Do people sort of get what they deserve in a cosmic sense, right? So I don't know, what do you, what do you, what do you think? I, (laughs) this is great, because,
0: um, oh, man. Okay. So here, here's one thing that I believe in. (laughs) I'm a sports fan. And my my friends kind of tease me about this, but I believe in sports karma um mm. in like a really big way, right? So okay. so like if something if something um happens to my team or to the other team that like puts them at an unfair disadvantage, you know, like a ref blows a call or something like that, um whether it's good or bad, I always say like, well, sports karma, it's just going to come back around. Maybe not today, but it's going to come back around. And like, okay. And it's how I like find my zen when I'm really mm-hmm. frustrated during like a basketball or football game, right? Okay. Because sports karma.
1: Okay. Um, And I super, super do believe in that. Oh, do you? So that was my question. Is it, yeah. is it a thing that you tell yourself or is it a thing that no, you truly No, it's believe? a thing that
0: I really believe in because I've seen it happen enough times like enough bizarre things have happened in sports games Mm. where, where I'm like, yeah, no sports karma. That's like real, you know, like a soccer team gets away with a handball and then um, Uh another team get, you know, the other team gets like a penalty kick that they didn't deserve because it was a bullshit penalty. Right. Like I just, it's happened so many times. Like I just really, I believe in that when it comes to like actual karma, um i think that i'm way somehow i'm much more like reasonable and practical about it, <laughs> and i don't i I i don't think that i believe in in karma and i think that it's um uh i think that my like response to george's statement you know good people deserve good things is mm-hmm. like like my like almost violent <laughs> Re- reaction to that um i think is like indicative of how i feel about karma which is like um not to shame people who believe in karma but to be like if you like genuinely believe in karma then like i am not sure that we live in like the same worlds does that make sense i'm like i don't know yes. how you can look at the world and see how terrible it is consistently and yeah believe in that in that system,
1: you know, but yeah, well, and, and maybe I should have researched this a little bit before. Maybe, you know, the answer, but karma is, is comes from a, a Buddhist tradition. Yes. Is that right? I th- yeah.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I feel really embarrassed that I don't know. I'm going to Google it right um, now. You
0: keep talking okay. and I'll interject well, if that's incorrect. I-
1: and so I my my understanding of karma in the like very traditional religious sense is is obviously very obviously very limited. Um, <laughs> but I think that in terms, if I look at karma and sort of the way that this episode is is portraying it, as do people get what they deserve, uh, my answer is is no. <laughs> like, I don't think that people fundamentally deserve deserve something right. Like your your actions you get the things that you do, right? And like often things that you don't do, nothing, nothing. There's no sort of karmic justice in my opinion. And I think that I agree that like the the world that we live in, and this is maybe a huge piece of my pessimism cup, half empty, Outlook on life that <laughs> they just don't, right? Like bad shit happens and good yeah. shit happens to the wrong people and bad shit happens to the wrong people. And like that has nothing to do with the actions or decisions or choices or beliefs that somebody has. You know, there's not some sort of divine justice that's that's gonna like save us or that's gonna make you feel yeah. better about shit that happens to your life. You know, when something bad happens, I don't think to myself, well, you know, someday this will be restored right like, right i i i think that's just an insane way to look at things um and it's particularly frustrating w- with with Georgia's um perspective here is that that i deserve something better i think that that's particularly frustrating to me when it's like you don't nobody deserves <laughs> deserves good things to happen for no goddamn good reason you yeah. Know, or like no work put forth or yeah, thought exactly. or anything you know like like I just babies
0: don't... deserve good things
1: and that's right pretty because much where they I literally the can't make <laughs> yeah. exactly because they can't make their own choices or provide like, for themselves right like i don't deserve if i want good things to happen to me right like i'm gonna do my best to like bring good things to my life i'm not just gonna wait for the universe to to serve it to me yeah you know that's so stupid yeah. But again, I recognize that, like, I don't know much about sort of the the true karmic justice of the, you know, religious tradition. So Yeah.
0: I think I do believe, like, so I don't believe in karma in the day-to-day. Um, uh, but I do kind of believe in sort of like a... How would I describe it? Like an end times karma? Like, not that I, I don't, like, so... I don't believe in hell, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that there's like a bad place that bad people go to when we all die, right? I think mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. really simplistic. Um, but I do believe in hell as like sort of an absence of God, right? Like yeah, like that you you won't experience God. Um, and so I do think of karma in like in death as like you like, in death, like, you will receive, like, th- what it is that you, that you believe is, is there. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. in that sense, I kind of do believe in a karma that, like, okay. if you believe in nothing and you lived for nothing, like, there's nothing Nothing is what for you will you. receive. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. waiting for you. But, like, yeah. if you believe, you know, in, um in like uh, I, I'm I'm only really f- familiar with like the Christian concept of like heaven but like if sure. you believe in in eternity like in the company of God and like um, in that light or something like I believe that like you will like you will receive that you know like I, I don't think that that's I don't know if that's karma but like I believe that you'll receive like what you were in service to when you were living like what you were truly in yeah. service to, not what you um like said you were in service to or like professed to be in service to.
1: Yeah. If that makes well, sense. and frankly, I think that almost sounds my my really limited understanding of, of the religious karma is 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 actually I think I think, quite similar to that, right? That, like, if it is the Buddhist tradition, which I think that it is, that's also a belief in reincarnation, right? So, like, even if karma does not come back to you in this life, it will in a future life, right? Which is, I understand, is not totally what you're saying, but in sort of the, like, longer scope, right? Like, I think that what's frustrating about karma in this episode is that the scope is so limited. Like, oh, I slept with somebody I shouldn't have, and now I have poison oak. And it's, so it's very sort of like,
0: shallow karma. Yeah. Right?
1: Yes. 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 <laughs> like in the way so, that we just sling karma,
0: you know, right, As like a exactly. word without a deeper exactly. understanding of it's like.
1: And so I think that like stretching it out in terms of 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 greater karma, like, I think that actually does hit probably more closely to what the what the true religious tradition is.
0: So. Yeah, which is you know which is quite beautiful. I I've, yeah. I've always felt that like if there was a system of uh, the afterlife that I really, really wish I could believe in it would be reincarnation, because to me, I think that yeah. that's like the best afterlife, right? Like mm. heaven has always super freaked me out. Like the con- like the Christian concept of heaven, I think, is really terrifying and claustrophobic. Uh-huh. But like reincarnation, to me, like if I could bring myself to believe in it, I think is like the ideal afterlife in my mind. Yeah, so. that's nice. Maybe I'll just get it, you know. (laughs) Right. The ultimate karma. (laughs) Woo, we got we got into some deep waters there.
1: Yeah, the afterlife—that was unexpected, listener. That's deep waters. Yeah, I mean, let's let's, let's give it a little perspective here. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, well, I think that's that's what we have. Um, yeah. I really appreciate the patience of our listeners as we get back in the swing of things. Yes. With a yeah. semi-regular schedule. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll try and see if we can like front load, you know, some episodes or something to get us through yeah. upcoming travel time. So, it could be yeah. that like episodes you hear are recorded, you know, Quite a bit before um, they're published, which is which is not our usual thing. But since we're recapping a show that has been on for 30 <laughs> for <a> years, <laughs> um, uh, I don't think it's really going to affect your your uh, listening, your reception. I think of they'll it. be okay. <laughs> but um, as always, you can find us in all the usual places. Please subscribe if you can on iTunes and write us a review and give us five stars because we. Um, are embarking on a lot of change in our lives right now. And those yes. five stars would provide some much-needed stability. Um, I don't know how, but just go with that. Uh, you should also consider subscribing to us on Podbean. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio, on Acast, on TuneIn. Um, and you can find us online code-grays.tumblr.com which has not been updated in a long time but we've got some great stuff from the past that you can, you can revisit <laughs> uh, you can find Just us like on show. twitter um, at code underscore grays underscore and then as always you have not taken us up on this and that's really painful for me but you can always email us code <laughs> yeah at Gmail.com. <laughs>
1: We would just somebody love to hear do from it. You.
0: Come on, please. Just <laughs> come on. You know you
1: want to. And uh thanks All so right. much for listening. That's our show. See you guys soon. What have I? What have